Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern for a year now, been flying solo. Man, I miss uh, I miss my co-host, Pastor Ken Keltner for Brookside Baptist Church. I look forward to having him back in studio with me one day. So as if you listen to the show, you know one of the more difficult things to do sometimes is to find guests. And it and it's funny because they come in droves and then it's I, I I'm looking and I'm up at three in the morning looking around and there's a man that I've gone to church with for a long time. In fact, his daughters babysat for my grandkids. So much I think of that family. And Brian Lipinski came up to me one day at church and said, Hey, do you take recommendations? And I said, recommendations for what? And he said, faith in the zone. I said, oh, I do. Yeah, I really do, Brian. He said, I'm going to send you an email later today. I've got two people that, that might really fit with what you're looking for. And I said, great. Brian sent me this very nice email about his two sister-in-laws and just said the really, really kind things about them. And, and he never once said that he took them out on the basketball court and beat them, though. Never brought that up at all. And now I understand why by doing some research. We're going to today have two guests. First two segments, uh, Angie Wenzel, is it Murison? Murison. Murison. And uh, her sister Stephanie uh, Wenzel Lee is going to join us the next two segments, both uh, Heartland Arrowhead grads. Angie was put into the uh, Heartland Arrowhead Hall of Fame in 2016. Big-time basketball player, Division I basketball player. And when you read the article that I read about her, boy, I'll tell you what, you know what, not only first class on the court, but first class off the court, and just a really nice article. Angie, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, let's start with uh, your background. You obviously grew up uh, in the Heartland Arrow, uh, in the Heartland area, and went to Arrowhead. Um, when you were playing youth sports, w- was your whole goal to get on that court and play play on the varsity basketball team at Arrowhead? For sure. Um, growing up, that's what I love about the Arrowhead uh, community. You know, on a Friday night, the community comes out to whoever's playing a home game, everybody's there. And uh, that was an amazing thing. Uh, as a kid, we'd go to the game, um, and we went to a boys' state game because my fourth grade teacher was the varsity boys' coach, and so we went and supported them at Madison. So that was kind of where my wheels started turning and my desire to play for Arrowhead uh, really started and grew from there. Hey. Um, and so it really started as a little kid going to all those games. 
Angie, you know, I do this high school um, basketball show during basketball season and football during football, and and once those are over, we go back and forth with with baseball and Wisconsin football coach association. Mm-hmm. And I'd say 80% of the guys I have on that show believe that being a multi-sport athlete is really important to get a well-rounded athlete and a person. And looking at, at your bio, you know, 4.0 grade point average, um, you know, won the v, uh, VFW Good Citizenship Award, National Honor Society for three years. And then I can't even name all the achievements that you got athletically from, you know, softball and volleyball and basketball. And I I just have to give your parents a lot of credit because they were chasing all over the place getting you to practices, but yet they they made you understand that being a student athlete was was most important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I give my parents a ton of credit. And being a parent now, it's the toughest job in the world. Um, they, They did not play sports growing up. And so... They were immigrant kids, and so they never had an opportunity to play sports. And so when, you know, my sister, my brother as well, and I, we showed interest in sports, they were like, all right, game on, let's do it. Um, they didn't know a lot about sports, but they learned pretty quick, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. But, man, I don't know how they made it through all those games sitting in the bleachers. It's much harder to watch than to play. Hey, who, who could you hear um, in the stands, your mom or dad? Uh, probably both. Uh, one of my, one of my most favorite memories was my grandma would come to a couple games and she was this little old German lady. She'd walk with her cane into the bleacher, make it up there. And man, she could yell at those referees. I'm telling you. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, it, it was, it was great. I think maybe we got some of our competitive nature from her. <laughs> I love that. We were talking to Angie Wenzel Murasan. She is a Heartland Arrowhead grad and hall of fame. 2016 inductee into the uh, Arrowhead uh, Athletic Hall of Fame, big-time multi-sport athlete. And, Angie, normally we will kind of ease our way into asking somebody for their testimony, and a lot of shows will spend the entire four segments with one guest and kind of ease into it. After I talk a little smack, like, if you played me horse, I'd have to probably give you a couple letters because I'd whoop you, that kind of stuff. I'm not doing that with you. I'm not doing that with you because i got a feeling I'm going to lose all of that. Um, but if we could kind of start to talk about your testimony and, and where it began for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up in a, a Christian home, went to a Baptist church my entire life growing up. Uh, family was everything, and then basketball was next. And um, of course, God was up there because that was the foundation of our family was God. Uh, and growing up, that was that was it. And so uh, I had an amazing high school experience, um, you know, playing for Coach Hamilton. I'm so thankful that she gave me the opportunity to play and gave me the minutes and the confidence. And uh, I was able to sign uh, a scholarship to play down in Chicago with a full ride. Uh, so once high school was, was over and I was able to play with my sister, which was amazing as well, um, moved on to college and uh while there, I ended up as a freshman, I ended up starting and either was the leading scorer, second leading scorer on the team, whatever it was. Uh, but at the end of the season, the coach, we had our end of season meeting and, and he just said, you know, I, you're never going to play for me again. I'm not never going to put you on the floor again. I'm going to get my own players in here. And, and that's kind of it. And so I was kind of at a crossroads um, where I could stay and kind of, you know, use that as motivation and, you know, I'm going to prove him wrong, or I could go. And at that point, at that crossroads, I decided to, to leave. Um, and so I, I moved a little closer to home, and I sat out through the transfer rules. Um, the next year, I didn't really get any playing time. And then um, my third year there, I was the sixth man off the bench and was getting, like, about 15 minutes a game or so. Um, and then suddenly, like, the last three games of the season, I didn't play at all. And I didn't know what happened. I wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, and then, you know, we were actually uh, one of the top teams in the conference that year, and we ended up losing in the first round of the, the tournament. And we had, again, our end-of-season meeting. And uh, I had met – I prepared for it because I was, it was going to be my fifth-year senior year, 
And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this the best year that I can. So I prepared. I met with uh, our sports psychologist that worked with our team and came up with a plan of how I was going to be a leader, how I was going to step up and, and just show my leadership skills and be someone, you know, on and off the court that these younger players could, could look up to. And uh, before I could even get a word out, the coaches said, you know, we've decided to remove you from the team. You'll no longer be part of the team. And that really uh, was a devastating blow because so much of my identity had been basketball um, and sports and the competitiveness of it. Um, and it was just uh, quite, quite an ordeal for me to kind of deal with. You know, so, when, hey, Angie, I'm sorry to stop you, but when, when something like that happens, when your whole identity is kind of wrapped around that, and, and I coached for a long time, and and I you know I often will see people that you know I'd coached a while ago and and they'll say hey do you remember when you did this and that's like man and and you know I've 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 thought about that a long time and and so I I feel bad that you went through that. Yeah, it was it was a tough time for me, um, but you know because I had been a Christian my whole life, I always was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to play for God. I was trying you know, my best to show that I was a Christian in everything that I did. And so that kind of made me question, like, oh, man, like, what, what am I doing that, that maybe is not right? And that maybe, you know, God wants to show me something different. Um, and so it really, it, it really jolted me. And um, it, it made me kind of refine my identity because it had been in basketball. It had been you know, in school and in good grades and in my teammates and, and coaches and everything else. And I had to kind of refine my identity in God and in Christ, you know, because he doesn't change. He doesn't go up and down. It's not about the wins and the losses. It's not about a game, you know, friends and teammates and other people, they can let you down. But, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. He's consistent and he's faithful and when I went through that time, I really found that, that God was there with me. He wasn't going to leave me. I felt abandoned by my team and, and everything that, that surrounded that. But God was there. My family was there. And uh, it, it really helped me through that. Boy, you know, as, as adults, you know, and as, as people in, in uh, positions of authority, you know, I—, I have gone back a lot in 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 my life to to have to say, hey, look, why, you know, why did did that happen? And and I love the fact that that you said, look, this is who I am. God never changes. Uh, people around me have changed, but I, I had to look to Him. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, I want you to 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 think about this while we're on break, Angie. Um, I'm wondering, and I think I know the answer. But was it easier for you to walk worthy in the locker room or outside of the locker room? And and we're going to have that discussion on the other side of the break. She's Angie Wenzel Murison. She's Arrowhead uh, Hall of Fame. She played multiple sports at, at Arrowhead and uh, went on Division One basketball scholarship uh, to two different schools. And, and a big part of her story and the big part of her faith. And when we talk to people, you know, about how their faith has affected their lives uh, personally and professionally, well, boy, this is personal. And and I love the fact that she says, look, I he never left me. He didn't abandon me. And, and I really, really like that a lot. We'll continue our conversation the second half of the show. We'll talk to Angie's younger sister who said when they played together, Stephanie said, man, I, my back hurt from carrying Angie all the time on that team. She absolutely <laughs> did not say that. That's me lying here on Faith in the Zone. She is Angie Angie Wenzel Murison. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see. 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I'm Mike McGedder, again flying solo this week. Our special guests, and we have two of them. Our first two segments, Angie Wenzel Mirasan. She is a 2016 Arrowhead Hall of Fame uh, inductee. What year did you graduate from Arrowhead, by the way? I don't mean to age you or anything, but... Uh, 1998. 1998. And you know what? Big time student athlete. Student athlete. Big time. Three sports. A lot of success in all three. 4.0 student. And we just don't have enough time for me to go through every single award that she has won because there's a lot of them. Angie, we left off that last segment with me saying, was it easier for you to walk worthy inside the locker room or outside of the locker room? Um, How would you answer that? I would probably say outside of the locker room. Um, It was just, I was closer to home, I think, and uh, able to get home uh, some weekends and just kind of re-center myself, I think, and get back into just family and and God and having that God-based atmosphere again. Uh, I was also, you know, closer to my church, so I would go to church on Sundays if we didn't have a game. and just closer to family. Uh, my grandparents played a huge role in my life. Uh, at that point, my sister was um, already playing in college uh, in Ohio. And, uh, and so I didn't get much to see her. But my brother was playing at Arrowhead. And he was playing uh, volleyball and football and um, I think a little bit of basketball as well. But uh, just able to kind of get back home, recenter myself, kind of get away from everything that was going on. Uh, on the team and everything like that. So. Hey, do you um? Can you still shoot? Can you still hit a jump shot? By the way. Well, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might I have to fight. Fu- a while. Hey, uh, thanks- but, you know, my my daughter is uh, in seventh grade, and so she's taken a liking to basketball, and she always is asking me, "Mom, come on, come out and play." And so I'm getting back into it a little bit. Uh, but it's amazing how the years of pounding affect my legs and knees and everything else. So. Oh, I bet. <laughs> hey, you know, next time you get home, you know, Coach Hazy would certainly open the gym for us. You know, if if uh, that would be great. I, hey, I'm a, I, I'm an old grandfather of four, so be kind to me. But I could still shoot it. <laughs> I could still hit it a little bit as long as you don't play great defense. I can tell you. Hey, Ridgewood Baptist Church um, is is the church that you talk about. Uh, that was a big part of your life. Yeah, yeah, it was. I have uh, nothing but great memories from Ridgewood. My entire family was there. So, you know, we'd have Sunday school. I'd walk up to Seth's. I'd visit my grandparents in the German sanctuary. And then I'd walk over to, you know, sit with my other family, um, you know, Brian and Andrea, who you know from Brookside, sure. uh, my aunt and uncle. And uh, just that's, that, was, that was Sunday, family and church and spent the morning every, every Sunday morning there. Angie, if... Um... If you had to do this all over again, if I could say, look, I'm going to get you back to being a senior in high school, knowing what you know now, would you make a different decision? I'm sure that you had a lot of offers as far as where to come and play basketball with not only, you know, how good you were as a player, but your your grades, pretty much you would be the perfect kid to say, come come play here. Would you, would you think you would do some things differently? Uh, you know, I think I would do it again. I mean, you know, with everything that happened in Chicago that was bad, I did meet my husband there. Um, we had an FCA group, and uh, we started out with just myself, a teammate, and a coach. And by the end of the year, we had 50 athletes there, and my husband was one of them. And so uh, I didn't leave empty-handed from Chicago, for sure. Hey, um, wait, Angie, hold on but, one second. I got to ask you how – Look, I got goosebumps from that answer because I have talked to a number of people that said, look, we tried to start an FCA group and we had three people in the beginning and we got to six, so we doubled. We were so excited. How do you go from two or three to 50? I think people were hungry for it. Um, Amen. You know, it was it was a, a tough 
place to play. Um, and, you know, kids, I mean, I guess we were kids back then. We were all kids. But I think people saw something that was, that was a camaraderie from this group of people. And we had, you know, men's basketball players. We had some women's basketball players. We had my husband's a tennis player. So we had people from the tennis team. And it was a great group that would meet once a week. And uh, we met right in the union, so everybody walking by saw us, and uh, it was it was great. It was it was really fun, uh, just getting to meet different people that way, and um, and part of a group like that. Man, that is, you know, that's the best story of all. Well, meeting your husband's the best story. Let's just be honest. But <laughs> but then that FCA, I I commend you for that. You know, you're you're eighteen, nineteen years old in Chicago. Saying, "Hey, look, let's find like-minded people. Can we find them to come together and have some athletes, you know, pray together and talk about their faith?" I, I love the fact that you went, you got to fifty by the by the end of the year, Angie. I think that's uh, that's a great story. Hey, um, you and your husband, do you, do you have kids? Yeah, we have four kids. So we've got uh, our daughter's thirteen, and then we have three boys that are eleven, almost ten, and almost six. Boy, you're busy. We are. You are. Are all all four of them um, involved in sports one way or the other? Yep. Yeah. Man, you're you're <laughs> running to practices and games, and man, that uh, that is awesome. Are are you getting a chance to coach at all? Um, hey, I coached right out of college uh, for oh boy, probably four years or so, uh, and then you know once I got married and started having kids. I stepped away from it. I coached my kids a little bit, but um, I think my kids enjoy having someone else tell them to do sometimes. Hey, <laughs> so how, how maybe are you? eventually I'll get back into it, but uh, it's, we've, had, we've got some good coaches around here, so it's, it's good. Angie, how are you in the, uh, in the gym when your 13-year-old is playing basketball? Are you, are you nice and quiet and don't say much? Well, my husband thinks I should be quieter. <laughs> we'll well, yeah, but he's a tennis guy. He doesn't know. They have to always be quiet in tennis. Don't you worry exactly. about what he's saying, Angie. You listen to me. You tell you can talk and yell a little bit if you want. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. Though. It's, hey. it's, it's a joy to watch my kids play. It is nerve-wracking, though. Again, I don't know how my parents sat through all those games. So. It's hard. Have you found a good local church in, in the area that you live? Uh, yeah. yeah. We attend Christ Church in uh, Lake Forest. Uh, it's it's a great church. Lots of young families, lots of older couples as well. So it's a nice mix. Oh, that's that's really good. I, uh, I'll tell you what, Angie, I, I think that your story... On, on on perseverance and coming out of some a couple of bad situations that happened to you personally, the best thing that I think you said was, "Look, he's he has he doesn't change. God doesn't change. He's right, right. there with me. He didn't abandon me." And and I I know that you felt, you know, that you were being abandoned by some coaches and some players. But maybe, you know what, maybe the Lord was teaching you a lesson or teaching you the way. I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I knew more about it and uh, I could help you because I'm sure that that still, deep in your gut, still bothers you. Yeah, I mean, it does. But, you know, it, it taught me a lot as well. I think uh, my personality, being a quieter person, more reserved, um, it taught me that, you know, be more, talk to more people, uh, be more talking to people, ask people how they're doing. Don't don't let being quiet um, affect you in a negative way. And so I keep that always in the back of my mind, uh, for better or for worse. And it, it really does kind of force me to talk to other people and, uh, you know, ask them how they're doing and show them that I care and do little things for others um, to kind of show them God's love and my love towards them. Angie, I want you to keep up, you know what, keep up the good work. And, and you know what, I, I love the fact that, that these four kids are, are cha- you're chasing around, you know, getting to this practice and that practice and, and uh, you know, continue to, to certainly um, talk to them about their faith and, and extremely, you know, it, it, you have to continue to stress that part and the student athlete part 
And, you know, I just appreciate your time. And I know that that what you went through um, as a college student athlete, there there were some great things that came out of it and some things that that were, were really difficult. And, and I appreciate that you leaned on God and leaned on this great family of yours um, to get through it. So thank you very much. Any any uh, inside story that you want me to bring up with uh, with your younger sister, who we have next? No, nothing. She's, she's also a terrific mother and a great <laughs> wife. She's got an interesting story about uh, how she met her husband as well. So you might want to answer about that one. Oh, I, I will. This is I wanted some insight. Like, she, man, she never made her bed one time when we grew up. Something like that. You you're, know what? We shared a room our entire life at home. But, I mean, I loved it. You're not getting boys share a room too you're not not giving up anything on stephanie we'll see if she does the same for you we'll see she is (laughs) angie wenzel murison she is uh, again graduate from from heartland arrowhead division one basketball player and now mother of four mother of four met her husband uh fca meetings uh down in chicago and, and i just really enjoyed the time that we had angie thank you so much have a great weekend Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. You bet. Well, other side of the break, her younger sister, Stephanie. We'll find out if she's as nice to Angie as Angie was to her. I bet she is, knowing this family. This is Faith in the Zone. On 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern, and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I am Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week. Our next guest, and I'll tell you what, her sister was really good. I'm sure that Stephanie Wenzel Lee has heard this before. That's a tough act to follow. When you talk about Angie Wenzel, she is a tough act to follow. And I, there's no way you've never heard that one before. Stephanie, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. How are you? Hi, my good. I feel like I've lived that uh, my whole life. I always trying to follow my sister, but in a good way, of course. In a good way, yeah, for thank sure. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm going to ask you just to speak up just a little bit if we can. Hey, Stephanie, let's talk if we can um, about your journey. And, and as I talked to Angie, sometimes the toughest thing is to find people that get up on the mountaintop with us. But we learned about your family. And mm-hmm. I, you know, learned about your your grandma and learned about your parents and your family. And I, I'm, look, I don't know them, but I'm a big fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you grew up in a Christian home and, and Angie painted a great picture. Stephanie, let's talk a little bit about you, you know, high school days. And we'll, we'll start right away, if we can, with part of your testimony. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I just, I have to admit that preparing for this has really um, like brought up some feelings that I feel like I've kept buried. Um, this story is emotional for me, so I hope I can make it through without blubbering through some parts. Um, but I'm going to do my best. There are, there are two things that make me cry. It's talking about my family and talking about basketball. And the story is kind of about both. So hopefully I won't. Hey, Steph- you know, Stephanie, totally you know, blubber over everything. can I just tell you that I, I cry every time I do this show? So there's, yeah, I'm not kidding. And I was this big, tough Irish kid on the east side of Milwaukee. I'm not kidding. And I can't test everybody's testimony to me because mine is just really bad. And you know what? To be able to hear other people that have gone through some struggles, maybe not the same kind that I did, but Mm -hmm. and the Lord accepts us and he's there for us. And when your sister said he never changes, he never abandoned me. And that yeah. just that that rung out to me, and and you know what, and and do, do, please do not worry about that. All right. Well, thank you. Um, all right. So my story isn't really about how I found Jesus, because as my sister already said, we grew up in a very Christian home, 
And I've literally been a Christian my whole life. Um, obviously, I've made uh, mistakes, but I've never really gone through a period of like being lost. Um, but I will say that I had to kind of go through some things in order to figure out my identity because it was very much wrapped in who I was as an athlete rather than what it's supposed to be, which is being a child of God. Um, so anyway, as my sister already alluded to, she was the star always two years above me, and I was always her little sister. So, you know, when I was in fourth and fifth grade, she was in um, sixth and seventh and then eighth grade, always, you know, being the star basketball player. And I was, um, I was good too, but, you know, I always had to kind of like live up to her. Um, when she was a sophomore, she led her team to state and I was in eighth grade and watching her on that stage was like total inspiration. And it became my goal and then our goal to get there together. Um, so when I got to high school, I did end up playing varsity with her for two years. Um, we were really good, but both years that we played together, we unfortunately got our hearts broken the game before state. Um, but looking back at that time, I realize now that that was when my passion for basketball kind of became, I, I almost use the word like obsession, like so badly we wanted to win and so badly we wanted to find success that it, um, I don't know, it kind of became too much. Um, anyway, so once she graduated, I was sad, of course, but I felt like it was kind of my time to kind of establish myself. Um, so I had my junior year and then I struggled through a stress fracture and just some like, I don't know, mentally weak moments. And I feel like I was really had a disappointing year. So then my senior year of high school rolled around and I felt like I was in a really good place. I was finally healthy. I was strong. Um, I had run cross country in the fall and just gained this new like mental edge. And I'd already signed with um, Bowling Green Division One College, so I kind of had that out of the way, and I just felt like things had lined themselves up really nicely for this to be the season that I'd always kind of wanted. Um, and the season started strong, but again, my hopes came crashing down on me on January 7, 2000. It was the 10th game of our season. We were playing Tyus. It was the third quarter, and um, I just tied the game hitting back-to-back threes. See, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Um, We were down on defense. I made a cut, and my knee popped. And down I went, and that was it for my high school career. My ACL was shredded. So, of course, I was devastated. Um, But, you know, this is something that happens to athletes. So I was devastated, but it was still like, okay, I'm, you know, six months, and I'm going to be fine. Um, But what happened next really threw me for a loop. So I had knee surgery um, a couple weeks later, and during the surgery, the doctors noticed that my heart rhythms were not steady like they should have been, and they were like, like, what the heck is going on? Um, So a week or so after having knee surgery, I was referred to a cardiologist, and we had to start the process of trying to figure out what was wrong with my heart. Um, Honestly, I was a sight to see walking into the office that first (laughs) appointment. I mean, I was scared. I was confused. I was hobbling on crutches. Uh, I had this big, like, white blood-stained sleeve covering my leg and just thinking to myself, like, how did my senior year year end up like this? Um, Long story short, I was eventually diagnosed with a heart condition, and the doctors, it has a name, um, non-sustained ventricular tachycardia, uh, basically means that my the my the rhythm, rhythms of my heart were not um, I don't know steady. They kind of like went like crazy every once in a while. So the doctor said that if the treatment for it didn't work, that would be the end to my athletic career. Oh boy! Um, I was given a seventy percent chance of it working, which you know that's like pretty good odds. But in my eyes. I had looked at that 30% chance, 30% chance of it not working. And that 30% chance meant my full ride that I had worked so hard for was gone. The college basketball career that I had dreamed of was over. You know, my high school career was already over. And this was kind of like what I was banking on. 
Um, the doctor said I was lucky that they caught it before something devastating happened. But in my, you know, 17 year old mind, I was just devastated. I felt like my dreams were unraveling right before my eyes. Oh boy. Um, I remember asking the doctor like, okay, so what if I'm not in that 70% chance? Like, can you try it again? Is there anything we can do? And he just looked at me and said, you're just going to have to figure out that there's more to life than basketball. Oh. Well, thanks a lot, Doc, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks. Um, but you know what? He was he was kind of right, right? Um, so anyway, I had uh, this heart procedure set. It was an ablation. Um, not, you know, not an invasive surgery or anything. And the night before the heart procedure was, I mean, looking back at it now, I feel like the turning point in my walk with God, as well as in my athletic career, um, I was 17. I had dedicated my life to playing basketball. I had worked extremely hard to succeed and none of those things mattered. (laughs) I had absolutely no control over the situation. Um, I had always felt like if I worked hard. I could control how far I went. And this time God took it completely out of my hands. And I think he was trying to teach me a lesson. Um, so the night before I had that procedure, I went to my church. We had a, like a youth group event and I needed to kind of like get my mind off of how nervous and scared I was. Um, so, but of course, instead of like singing, like I was supposed to, I kind of like hold myself at the back of the sanctuary and just like cried out to God. I could not at first, like just give it up to him. I thought I was being punished. Like, you know, did God think I was better without being distracted by my love for sports or was I being punished because I loved basketball too much or, you know, who the heck was I if I couldn't be the basketball player? Right. Um, So I spent, I don't know, it felt like hours, but probably not that long, just crying out and not sure, you know, what to do. And somehow I kind of found this piece that I was looking for. Kind of hard to explain. It's not like I heard a voice or anything, but it was almost like these, like a piece washed over me. I can't explain it any other way. Um, These thoughts kind of came into my head that said, no matter what, I am going to be okay. Basketball or no basketball. I love running too. So like to imagine my life without that was unheard of. So running or no running, full ride or not, you know, God had me and I was in his hands and he had me. So I left church that night with this just completely different outlook on my life. I mean, it was like a whole new me coming out of church. Um, For the first time, I was just at peace. And I had that um, procedure the next morning and, you know, I should have been scared to death, but I wasn't. Um, And then probably the hardest part, it should have been that I had to wait seven weeks to determine if that procedure had worked. So the old me would have been filled with despair during those seven weeks and just completely, you know, panicked. But this new like peace I had, I was like, so calm. Um, So anyway, you know, the end of the story, I ended up playing college basketball, so it did end up working. Oh, hold on a second. (laughs) uh, Hold hold, on. Just hold on a second. Because, you know, I do a little research. April Uh 21st, 2002. Sophomore Stephanie Wenzel was named Uh Bowling Green University Women Basketball Player of the Year. Honored Uh at the (laughs) annual Women's Banquet. Here's my favorite Mm -hmm. part. She earned the award in a vote of team members. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I'll, you know what? I'll get to that part because there's kind of a story behind that, too. I, but, well, so yeah. you, can, you continue to play. that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you know the song, Still My Soul? I'm sure that over at Ridgewood Baptist, you guys have mm-hmm. sung that. But that's what that's what I thought of right away. You know, mm-hmm. just, you know what? Lord's saying, look, it's okay. You know what? Still, it'll be okay. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I I woke you up a little bit, right? I, I mm-hmm. had to I had to wake you up a little bit, but don't worry. You've got a great future, and I'm and I'm going to walk you through that. Hey, let's talk a little bit if we can. Um, we just have a few more minutes left in this segment. Um, that that feeling that you got in the back of that church and walking out, 
has mm-hmm. got to be. I mean, obviously, you you can speak very clearly, and it's just hard to say. Look, I didn't hear voices, but something came over me. What a mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful testimony that is. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, it just is. And the people at Ridgewood Baptist Church are going, "That a girl." That a girl, you were supposed to be singing, but we saw you in the back there. Don't worry, we we, yeah. we we're okay with that. Let, let's get to a break now. On the other side of the break, I want to get into the college years if we can, and okay. I want to continue to talk. and And I can tell you that um, that I have tears coming down my cheek because that for mm-hmm. me is just it's just a marvelous testimony of the Lord saying, "Look, I know this is hard for you. You're 17 years old, but but don't worry, I'm by your side." I'm right next to you, and mm-hmm. we're going to get through this, and 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 we will continue that. Uh, she uh, she is Stephanie Wenzel Lee, and and look, heard great things about about her family, and and I'm a big fan of of all of them, and 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 I want to again thank Brian Lipinski from Brookside Baptist Church, guy I go to church with, um, and again his, you know, I'm a big fan of his, and and obviously his wife and their daughters have have babysat for my grandkids, and uh, I just uh, thank him a lot for for asking me and saying, hey, would you like to talk to to these uh, my sister-in-laws because they're big-time Division One athletes and they have a, just a really strong faith, and, and he is right. She is Stephanie Wenzel, and Stephanie Wenzel-Lee will continue our conversation with her on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Again, I'm Mike McGivern, and we're talking with uh, Stephanie Wenzel Lee again. Talk to Angie the first segment, first two segments, Stephanie the second two, and, and she is a graduate from Arrowhead, went on to Bowling Green uh, University and played basketball. Um, during the break, we talked, and we don't have a ton of time, Stephanie, and I want to kind of cut this in two if we can. Your, your first two years at Bowling Green, that freshman year was really difficult for you. Yes, yes. So I came to BG, um, you know, really excited. I felt like it would be a good fit for me, but very quickly when I got there, I was just so incredibly homesick. Um, I didn't have a car and I just felt like, um, I was very alone. Uh, I was hoping that I'd hit it off with my teammates, but, um, I didn't. <laughs> so I, it was kind of like a constant struggle between like feeling lonely and missing home and, um, you know, feeling like, like I didn't fit in with a team that I'd never really had an issue with fitting in with a team before. So it was all kind of new territory for me. Um, I was also like, once it came to our season starting, I just sat the bench, which is fine. You know, a lot of freshmen do, but it's all, it's fine, but it's also difficult. And it's even more difficult when I felt like I didn't have like full support of my team. Um, and you know, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus because looking back at the situation, I, it was definitely both ways and there are certain things I could have done to, you know, handle that situation sure. better. But anyway, um, my next year came up sophomore year and I'd gone home for, um, the summer and, you know, a lot of my friends and family knew how hard that year had been for me. And they were like, why don't you just quit? You know, you, you don't have to be a basketball player. And Honestly, that thought never even entered my mind. I am not a quitter, and a Wenzel is not a quitter for sure. So I knew I loved basketball, and I knew that God had brought me through the year before for something greater than just quitting right away. So I stuck it out, and we actually had a new coaching staff come in my sophomore year, and they noticed how hard I worked, and 
I feel like as they noticed, it kind of like grew my confidence and um, the season started and I was still like the last off the bench, but something magical happened the sixth game of our season. It is the game that changed everything for me. Um, we were, our team wasn't playing well and coach Miller had tried everybody else and he looked all the way down the bench and he's like, Steph, get in there. And before you knew it, I had scored 10 points by halftime and I scored 23 points by the end of the game. And I had eight rebounds. I had nine for nine from the free throw line. Oh, man. And that was it for me. I remember calling my parents after that game and just laughing and being, you will never guess what I just did. And it was like a laugh cry fest after that. Um, so honestly, that game was a turning point of my college basketball career. You know, I'd worked so hard. I felt like my high school career was taken from me because of injuries. And now all of a sudden it was like, I had, I was like the go-to player. Um, two games later, I led the team in scoring and rebounding the game after that I had 25 and a few games later I scored 30. That was it for me. I was, um, by the end of my sophomore season, as you already said, I was voted as the MVP by my teammates, you know, those teammates that I had felt like I wasn't close to. So things on that front were improving as well. Obviously. Um, yeah. My senior year. Uh, so my junior year happened and it was kind of the same. Oh, I forgot to mention my freshman year. All the, I'm sorry. My sophomore year, although it was fun, our team wasn't very good. So it wasn't completely satisfying. And my junior year, it was kind of the same thing. You know, I had some personal success, but our team just kind of struggled through another losing season. And then came my senior year, you know, my last shot at this, this dream that I'd had. And I knew this was my last shot to have like that dream season that I had wanted. Um, we had seven freshmen that year and I made it a point to be the kind of leader that I wish I would have had my freshman year, um, which made our team, I think truly become a team. And in with all of that, we ended up seeing great success. Um, we ended the year with a 21 and 10 record. Oh my. Uh, we were picked 12 out of 13 and our conference were in the Mac um, 12, we were picked 12th out of 13th and we ended up making it all the way to the Mac championship game after two consecutive buzzer beater victories. <laughs> um, we defied all expectations and honestly, it was like the time of my life. Um, personally, I saw success too. I ended up finishing, I mean, I led the team in scoring. I, I think I finished third in the league in scoring. I scored my thousand point, uh, kind of in the middle of the year. I was voted to the second team all Mac. I was a first team academic all American. My goodness. I was the Bowling Green student athlete of the year. And I don't say these things to brag, but just to like give glory to God. Amen. You know, I was taken on a wild ride and my the way that my career ended was such a far cry from the girl that I was when this whole thing started. <laughs> and I just remember like when it was all over just looking down the bench and being like, wow, like so much has changed. These girls have become like family to me. Like I was just so thankful and that I had come so far hey, in 12 years of basketball. Hey, Stephanie, at, at the, on the campus at Bowling Green, you know what they'd say? An Angie who? Now, hold on. Who knows? <laughs> she has a sister. And you know what? Good for you. We've got a short time um, left. I, I just have to ask how you and your husband met. Oh, yes. All right. So my story doesn't end there because, you know, with basketball being so important to me and then being over, um, I do have to say probably the most special part of my story. <laughs> this is where I might get emotional. Um, sticking it out at BG, you know, not quitting, being, right. you know, persevering, whatever actually brought me to my husband. If I would have quit, I never would have met him. So we actually met in Anderson Arena. That's the basketball arena at BG. During my senior year, he was a member of our practice squad, actually, and he was matched up against me every day. Um, honestly, I had no idea that this guy was going to end up being my husband. Um, we did not date till kind of a while after the season ended. Um, but, you know, he is my husband. We've been married almost 14 years. We've got two beautiful kids, and my daughter um, is seven, and her middle name is Anderson after Anderson Arena, where That's we met. Awesome. And those my little family is the joy of my life. So I feel like 
you know, sticking it out when the going got tough was what I was meant to do. It was hard. Um, God oh. put me through a lot of, a lot of things, but he has blessed me abundantly. Oh, and, 100%. Stephanie, and the yeah. fact that you guys played, uh, played horse just the other day and, you said yeah. you smoked, Nick, but you said, look, he's he's not here, so he's not going to be on the air to tell if it really <laughs> happened. I, I can't thank you and your sister enough. And this whole, you know what this show is? That for, This show today is about perseverance. And it's you mm-hmm. guys have had really different journeys and stories, but it keeps coming back to what your sister said, and that is the Lord did not abandon me. He, was, he, had, mm-hmm. he doesn't change. God doesn't change. Everybody around us changes. Your teammates changed. You put up 23, and all of a sudden, you're like, hey, now, and then 30, I'm I'm, I'm a pretty good player, and, and now I'm accepted, and I just can't thank you guys enough. And and I appreciate your willingness to come on this show and, and, and give that story. And and I think what, one of the things that I've learned is w- what a wonderful family, you know, that you have mm-hmm. and you have come from, and, and I thank them for that. Yes, me too. You're right. <laughs> Stephanie, any time that you and Angie and Nick happen to be up in the Arrowhead area, let me know because maybe we'll play a hey. little two-on-two. Nick's going to have to get I in the gap. Nick's going to have to get in the gap and kick me the ball a little bit. <laughs> That's for sure. It's on. You got it. Oh, <laughs> you want no part of this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stephanie Wensley, thank you so much. Tell uh, Angie thank you as well. Guys, thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on twelve fifty. You bet on twelve fifty AM. The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at eight AM and eight PM. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.